All right, Patrick. So we've been teasing it all show long. We finally have Barrett Brown on our hotline. Barrett, how you doing, brother? Doing good, guys. How are you? Uh, we are doing great. Thank you so much for coming in on the show, man. We are ec- ecstatic that we got uh, 50 caliber Barrett Brown on the show today. Now, let's go ahead and start off in the beginning. So you started wrestling at a very, very young age, right? 15, is I it? Uh, 15, that is correct. Yes, sir. That is crazy. Usually you only hear stories about 15-year-olds starting like in, in Lucha Libre, like in Mexico and stuff like that. What was the reception of you know you coming up to a school or want to be trained by someone and saying, hey, I know I'm 15, but I want to do this? Yeah, it was it was crazy. So I always had a passion for it. And uh, it turns out that a guy that my mom graduated high school with, uh, he was an indie wrestler around where I live. So we just kind of got in talks with him, uh, convinced him to let me come out and train. And in hindsight, I think it was a situation of like, okay, I'll let the kid come train. I'll take his parents' money, send him on his way kind of thing. <laughs> but uh, you know, it turned out, you know, I kept coming back. I was doing really well, and um, his name is Cody Cunningham, and he just kind of took me under his wing. I went to uh, a few shows with him, and uh, but granted, like the shows that I did my first two years, they were at like uh, small bazaars in Garland, Texas, so they weren't very reputable at all, but it was kind of humbling to start that small. And then uh, from him, I went to Killer Tim Brooks and Johnny Mantell and kind of honed my craft from there. Right on. What was the first moment you, you can remember that you were like, holy crap, I want to be a wrestler? Like, what was that moment? Was it watching a live event? Was it watching TV? It was, uh, I remember at a very young age, my parents took me to a live WCW event, and I remember uh, watching Goldberg come out. And <laughs> yes. just hearing the, hearing the reaction, I was like, wow, that, that'd be really cool to be a larger-than-life figure, so... I was like, I, I want to do this. And at that time, my parents obviously were like, okay, you know, it's it's probably a phase, but it, it just, that passion never died. So, right. I took off. Now, I tell you what, Goldberg always did it for me, too. Mm-hmm. I know, Patrick, you were a Goldberg yeah. fan as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy looked like a Greek Adonis. He looked like a Greek god. And I remember just saying, dude, this guy right here. He didn't have to do anything. He walked out. Destroyed his opponents and then left. He didn't have to say anything. Just his presence was it was like no other. Yeah, I would say Barrett, if you were to have a dream match with with anyone, and it can be you could hop in a Bill and Ted time machine and go into the past, whoever, who would you have a dream match with? That is tough. It, my my go to answer has always been Shawn Michaels. Um, Y'all styles would work well with each other. Former of all time. Uh, but I remember I attended a Harley race camp and, uh, Tanahashi was there and he was asked the same thing and, uh, he answered that he would, he would wrestle Andre the giant. Wow. And I, I was, that, that struck me as odd, but then I think back to some matches I've had and some of my best have been with big guys. So I think for me, it would be either Shawn Michaels or Andre the giant. I would yeah. say one of those two. That'd be crazy. I, did you see the, the Andre the giant documentary? 
I have not gotten to see it yet, unfortunately, but I've heard nothing but good things about yeah, it. Yeah, it was really good. Patrick, did you, did you see I it? I didn't get a chance to see it either. I don't have HBO, so I'm it, working on it's getting... A, it's you know, on the YouTube. Oh, it's on YouTube? Well, well, I mean, it's you know, it's pirated, but... Well... But, like, it, Andre, like, got into, like, this Mini Cooper looking car and, like, rode in it. Absolutely oh, wow. crazy. I, I don't know how he stuffed yeah. himself in there. It was crazy. It was like a sardine. It's like when he drank, what, over 100 beers in one sitting. Like, how do, how do you do that? Like, yeah. it's unbelievable. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you see the beer in his hand, I yeah. mean, it's like, it's like taking a, a thimble. Shot. It's like a sh- Like a beer for him, I think it was a shot. It, pretty much. But um, speaking of big men and wrestling big men, Patrick saw something on the internet that's pretty interesting. Patrick. Bear, did you wrestled Braun Strowman. Is that correct? I have. I have had a couple of interactions with Braun Strowman in the past. I think I Absolutely. saw back in 2016. Was, you it was a a match. I don't remember. I think it was in, maybe in Texas. Did you wrestled Braun Strowman on Monday Night Raw? I did. It was in uh, it was in Houston, Texas. I wrestled him, and then January of this year, I did security, and he put me through a table. Wow. So it's like no matter where I'm at, if I'm there, that guy's gonna get, gonna get his hands on me. So. <laughs> what was it like? You know, I mean, because he's just like this larger than life. He's probably gonna be the next Andre the Giant. I mean, what was it like just standing yeah. in the ring with him? I mean, the dudes. I mean, I've never seen him in person yet, but I, I gotta imagine just standing next to him is just something surreal almost. Oh no doubt. Uh, we you know we talked about presence with Goldberg, but. Braun Strowman has a presence about him, and he is—he is at least a legitimate seven foot tall, and I'm over here like about five foot six, five foot seven. So he is—I standing upright, I'm about at his belly button. So I didn't, you know, there was nothing I could do with him at all except try to run away. But I—I <laughs> I remember it was funny because uh, when I did security, I tried to run away from him, but he <laughs> took two long strides and caught me at like my full sprint. So. Yeah, he has an unreal presence about him, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if he's going to be the next Andre the Giant. He's unreal. He was like Scorpion. Come back here. Yeah, get over here. Yeah. <laughs> and well, speaking of five six five seven, I was talking to Lions Pride announcer Rod Sterling the other day, and he was had nothing but great things to say about you. And one of the things he said was the way Barrett carries himself in the ring. He may be a small guy. But it's so easy to look past that because he's got the it factor. Now, when you get in the ring, are you in the zone? Like, what does it feel like when you get into the ring? I I feel like when I uh, when I put on my gear, I'm a completely different person because I have always been like I'm like that kid at school that's always introverted. Never really, I was never a partier. I never went out to parties. I always wanted to go to school get good grades, get done, and then go wrestle. And it's like when I wrestle, I escape that reality, and then I'm finally that person that I always wanted to be, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I think that, you know, it's just kind of me becoming, you know, becoming that person that I saw when I was so young at WCW. Like, yeah. you know, just re- just visualizing that dream. So I, uh, and, and I think that that kind of stems where the 50 caliber comes from. The, the playoff, the Barrett 50 caliber sniper rifle, you know, no matter, you know, regardless of my size, I still wanted that presence that I'm still a hard hitting individual. Right. And then speaking of, you were saying that Braun put you through a table. Yes. WrestleMania weekend, <laughs> you were working on the production team for yes. WWE TV during the Hall of Fame. 
Tell us what it was like leading up to that moment. And then when you got the call in your ear, hey, you got to go tell the Dudleys they're taking too long. Get them off the stage. Yeah, I was just hanging out in gorilla position watching uh, watching this, and I get a buzz in my ear saying, they're going too long, you better go stop this. And in my head, I'm thinking, I'm supposed to stop the Dudley boys from receiving, <laughs> you know, having their moment. Yeah. So I walk out there, I see this, you know, sea of people, and I'm like, wow, they're going to hate me, but <laughs> I've got to do my job, you know. And then, you know, the rest is history. Uh, and. You know, and afterwards, it was like Bubba said. He was, you know, put it on your Twitter, kid. It'll get you over. So I put it on my Twitter, and, you know, I got a few followers out of it. So, yeah. What an honor so to get put through a table, table by one of the, the greatest the table was worth it. Yeah, and, and, and I think it was on your vlog that you said yeah. that it was such a surreal moment for you because you probably took the last table slam that the Dudleys will ever give out. Isn't that weird? Like, I never, if, if I would have told myself when I started wrestling that there's a chance I would take the last table bump in the WWE for the Dudley Boys, e- even their their first one as Hall of Famers, I would have, you know, w- woken up from a dream. You know what I mean? Like, that, it's, it's insane to think about. But I, I guess things happen in this business that you never would expect, and that's definitely one of them. So that's... That's just going to be ash in my memory forever. Yeah, so Absolutely. I don't know who was behind the scenes directing that segment, but I'm pretty sure it sucked at the time. But I would imagine that person's on your Christmas card list now. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> right on. And, and you talked about Tanahashi a little bit earlier. And, yeah. of course, he's a big star in New Japan. And you just had the amazing opportunity to train at the New Japan Los Angeles Dojo. How did that come about? Um, I was, you know, I heard they opened the dojo in LA and, uh, New Japan is one of the main companies that I aspire to go to, that I aspire to, uh, eventually make it to. So when they opened a school and, uh, in the States, I was excited about it and I just wanted an opportunity to go and at least, you know, try to attend at least once. And by the time that I heard that they were having a camp, the first time it was already full, they had already closed, uh, they had closed the applications. So by some sheer luck, one day I went to the website, and an hour prior to me checking it, they had opened another window for the next camp. So I immediately jumped on it, locked all my stuff in. I told them everything I had done. And two days later, uh, it was two or three days later, I got a confirmation that I had been accepted wow. to go to L.A. And what what was crazy was that the uh, the first class had like, 30-something people in it, and when I got to the dojo, the entire week, we only had a class of five, so it was a lot of one-on-one time with some of the coaches nice. uh, from New Japan. Yeah, it was it was insane. Now, what was kind of, I mean, you're going to a totally different city, the hustle and the bustle, you know, huge promotion. Were you nervous? I was a nervous wreck. So, I... I usually travel with somebody. Like uh, my parents go to a lot of these shows. Uh, I will go with my fiance to a lot of these shows. But I did this entire trip solo. So I got the rental car, uh, and then the day that I got there, I just drove around with my GPS trying to get my my bearings about me. And I was like, "What if I don't find the dojo?" Like I had the address, yes. but then, 
but then I drove around and there was a big like neon sign in the front and it had like the New Japan logo on it and it said New Japan Los Angeles Dojo and that was when it really hit me. I was like, wow, I'm here. I'm going to be training there, you know, this yeah. entire week. And it was, it cost a bit of money, but I would have, you know, for the entire week, but I would have paid that much every day with as much as I learned because they, like half the day was nothing but just some of the most brutal workouts I've ever went through. And then the second half was just learning, just mm-hmm. new techniques, small things I'd never thought of. So it was it was an eye-opening experience, a very humbling experience. Yeah, and I know you said you got a lot of po- uh, positive affirmation from the instructors there as well. I did. Um, I believe it was Thursday. Uh, they opened the, def- the uh, Florida questions, and I asked a question, and uh, Shibata-san, he... Obviously, I had to have an interpreter translate what he was saying, but he told me that he had seen great improvement and that he was impressed with uh, my progress through the week and my movements and everything like that. So that that really made everything seem worth it to me over the week. Right. That's when Shibata complimented me. So That is awesome. We're talking with Barrett Brown. He's an indie wrestling superstar in Texas. And go ahead and give us uh, your website because you have a great, uh, I guess, highlight video on on your website that I watched the other day that's absolutely amazing. If if anybody out there hasn't seen Barrett Brown wrestle, they need to go see this video. What's your website again? I appreciate that. Uh, my website is www.barrettbrownpro.com. And like you said, I've got uh, a highlight video from 2017 on there as well as the video of uh, my me getting put through a table by the Dudleys on the <laughs> home page. There's a score page there uh, and about page that I keep updated. And uh, there is also a blog page that has a lot of blogs and my uh, vlogs on my YouTube channel on there as well that I'm actually behind on that I need to get back on. So, but did they yeah, allow you? All to, of my content is on there. Did they allow you to do any vlogging when you were at the dojo? No, and I didn't even want to ask. Honestly, yeah. like it was, it, it was a. Uh, how should I put it? The facility was such a old school mentality that you would literally take off your outside shoes, put it in the cubby and then change in the main lobby before you even went into the dojo. Wow. So I was like, I'm not filming anything in here, <laughs> you know, like I'm not taking any, any pictures, no nothing. Yeah. So I didn't want to, I want to rub anybody the wrong way. So let's talk a, bit, a little bit about new Japan right now. Of course, one yeah. of the hottest promotions in the world right now. Um, you got the Jericho angles, you got Kenny Omega, yeah. you got Okada, Tons of other superstars that are there. Um, who's your favorite wrestler right now in New Japan? Oh man, I you know I used to not be super high on him, but the more I watch him, I'm a big fan of Naito. Like I'm a pretty big fan of Naito, and uh, Kenny Omega has been a pretty big influence on, on a lot of my movements up in the ring as well. So it's kind of a toss up between those two, but I mean. And then if you go into the juniors, like I mean, they they have such a pool of talent that it's honestly hard to pick. And usually, I don't have a hard time picking this, but um, I'm tempted to say Osprey as well because mm-hmm. he's been in the business for what three or four years, and he has already done things that you know guys twenty plus years have only aspired to do. Right. So you know that I, I would say like. As far as cruisers, Osprey, and then as far as heavyweight, probably Omega or Naito. Yeah, we uh some guys in our crew that aren't here today. They're they're Naito uh, fanboys. 
Yeah, brings a yeah. big Los Ingobernables de Japón uh, mark, as we call them. Mm -hmm. Now, in, in, we've talked about your style, and we've talked about New Japan, and you said that that's one of the companies that you aspire to work in, and your, your style is perfect for that. When did you figure, hey, you know, um, this is the style that I want to work, and, and how long did it take you to really get comfortable with that? Because you're doing some stuff that, I mean, look, I've been big all my life, so it's stuff that I never could do, and that, I, to be honest with you, I would be peeing in my pants if I even attempted what you do. How long did it take for you to get comfortable doing that? It, it took me a long time. Um I was always kind of, I had like a state of mind that was kind of closed off to where I didn't want to do anything risky in my career just because I always wanted, I'm such a perfectionist that I almost didn't want to push my limits, but then I kind of realized like, okay, if I'm going to be one of the, if I want to be as good as I can possibly and be one of the best in the world, then I have to push these limits, so it was at a point where like, I eventually got a trampoline to work on my flips and stuff like that. And actually, uh, at some point, I'll try to show you guys, I have a wrestling ring in the other room. No way. In, in my place. <laughs> yeah. Uh, actually, I will show you. That um, is awesome. Yeah. I, I got it a long time ago. We just moved into a new place. And it's connected to a storage facility. And yes. I have a ring. In the storage. Oh, that is that, that that's a wrestling so, ring right there. That's dope. That's le that's legitimate. So, yeah. So, you know, I I just decided that if I was going to be one of the best, I had to invest as much as I could into everything that I do. So, you know, I couldn't really keep that set of mind of you know that close that closed mindedness. I had to be open minded to everything that I was doing. So. I kind of wanted to get comfortable in uncomfortable situations, basically. Right. And that is awesome that you have a ring right there. That reminds me of the video that WWE sent out of Daniel Bryan practicing mm -hmm. in his house for WrestleMania. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that is yeah. amazing. Now, um, I just had a brain fart there. We were talking about your style and what you do. Oh, on your vlog for WrestleMania weekend, you showed uh, some of your match that you had during WrestleCon with uh, Wildcat Wrestling. Dude, kudos. Yeah. Great match. You guys did Thank an you. awesome job. So, again, if you guys want to see some more Barrett Brown, go check him out on YouTube. How can they follow you on YouTube? On YouTube, my channel is uh, it's Blazing Barrett Brown, which I need to change because that was like my very first wrestling game <laughs> that was given to me. But uh, I have a ton of old footage there from like, you'll see when I was – it was until I was like 21, I had like a shaved head, and I think what really swapped me to like change my appearance was when I got the first email to do extra work at WWE, like before I wrestled Braun Strowman. Yeah. At that point, I was, I was at a point in my career where I thought I had plateaued so much where I thought I wouldn't go any further, and I contemplated stopping for mm. about two days, and I guess just fate had different plans, and then I got an email that they wanted me in Houston, and I was like, okay, this is going to decide, you know, my career. So I just invested into changing my look, going to the gym, getting in the best shape as I could, and then uh, everything just kind of took off by some miracle, and then my fire was reignited to, like, a new extent. So 
on the channel, you can see a lot of the old footage. Uh, there should actually be some from that old building in Garland, like that old rundown building where I started. Yeah. There's probably videos there and everything like that. So, yeah. Speaking of matches, uh, you recently had a match with ACH, right? Yes, uh, Friday. It was Friday night, actually. Right. There was a bunch yeah, of build up was, to that. Yeah, we, we have wrestled. Uh, as far as singles competition, twice before that. And um, I, there's a video on my channel that explains what that meant to me because mm -hmm. it's, it's almost like every time we get in a ring, it's like it's been a milestone and it's kind of been a test for me to see how good I've gotten from the last time we wrestled until that point. And um, all in all, as far as like even multi-man stuff, that we've had four interactions until Friday. And then I wanted Friday to be, you know, the pivotal one where I could prove that I was on that level finally. And I have gotten nothing but good reactions after that match. Like I, I thought it was exactly what it needed to be, mm -hmm. and uh, he was he was happy with it. I actually talked to him over Twitter uh, this morning, and he he complimented me very heavily over the match. So awesome. it was, yeah, it was it was what I wanted, absolutely. Awesome. Well, Barrett, thank you so much for joining us today. It's Mother's Day. Thank you, guys. God, I, I, you know, I thought about rescheduling, but I was like, no, we can't do it. Barrett's already committed to it. <laughs> mm -hmm. He's made a time in his schedule. We got to do this. So, man, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Once again, oh, go ahead, go ahead and give your um, your 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 Twitter handle because I know uh, tons of wrestling fans on Twitter, and also uh, your website again. My Twitter handle is at capital TCO underscore Barrett B, and my website is www.barrettbrownpro.com. And there should be buttons plastered all over that website that will send you to like my LinkedIn, my Instagram, Snapchat, you know, all that good stuff. Because, uh, I mean, we're in such a digital age that I don't think there's no reason that every wrestler shouldn't have a website, you know, YouTube, everything like that, like right. in my opinion at least. Well, Barrett, keep up the great work, man. We are fans here at The Average Marks. Uh, we appreciate the I hard appreciate work that you this. put into your craft and the passion that you have for the industry. And just seeing the ring in the other room, mm -hmm. that's like next-level stuff right there, dude. Yeah, Barrett, uh, one more question. I mean, do you like, you know, you obviously you use the ring, but, I mean, you invite some other wrestlers to come in there and y'all just kind of mess around and ha have some fun in the ring? Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, it got put up about a month ago, and I've already sent out uh, some stuff to some guys to come out and train. Um, so actually, I may I may put that in some of my vlogs coming up soon. Nice. Like I've got Gregory James is interested in coming out. Like some guys like Chandler Hopkins, who Chandler is another guy that um, I think you'll be seeing a lot of. He's been in the business less than two years, and he's already done really good stuff. So. I'll be doing some shout-outs to some guys that come over and get in the ring and train with me. Right so on. be on the lookout for that as well. Very cool. Well, everybody out there, check out Barrett Brown. You're going to be a fan, too. Once you see that highlight video on his website, you're going to want more Barrett Brown. You're going to start digging around. You're going to follow him on Twitter. You're going to follow him on Facebook and everything like that. I guarantee it. And good luck with your journey and your mission to become a New Japan star because we have faith in you that you can do it, brother, because your style – I mean, once they see these tapes, man, I don't know why they wouldn't want you there because your style is perfect for New Japan. Man, you and Offspray would kill it, dude. Absolutely kill it. So, awesome time. Thank you so much for tuning in with us, and we appreciate you, Barrett.
Hey, thank you, guys. I had a blast. Thank you, brother. You have a great day. You too. And tell your mom, happy Mother's Day. And again, <laughs> we apologize. <laughs> I will. I will. <laughs> All right, brother. Bye-bye. Uh, thank you. Bye.